0: the Seeds of Change. I'm Laura Headland, a student of permaculture, and this whole show is going to be about permaculture. So I'm a food patriot to the natural world and a person that's looking forward to um, a, um, a permaculture action day tomorrow, a day of action tomorrow in Minneapolis. So that's what the whole show is about. We are live. We are live so we can take your calls. The call-in number is 952-946-6205. In studio with us is Joseph Davis and Elena Bliss, Elena Bliss and um, uh, Um, volunteers with the Permaculture Action Network and also joining us by phone is the founder of the Permaculture Action Network, Ryan Rising. So
1: welcome. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's wonderful to tell you. Thank you. Okay, so tell us a little about what's going on. Okay, so um, we are doing uh, Action Day tomorrow uh, with Rising Appalachia and so the Permaculture Action Network works with artists and Ryan can tell you a little bit more about that to create... um, uh, activations in different cities where they tour. And so Joseph and I are here and we're, we're local. And so, um, we've been organizing this specific day and we're working with the White house over in South Minneapolis, uh, to create an event where we empower people with skills, hands-on learning, uh, workshops, there'll be music. It'll be a pretty fun event. It's free and open to the public. Yep. Mm -hmm. And what's the time and place? It's at the White House, and um, it's going to be from 10 to 6 p.m.
0: Okay, and again, the Wait House is 2323 23 11th Avenue South in Minneapolis, and 10 to 6. And so what's going to be going on?
2: Um, we're going to have a handful of workshops, um, from making kombucha to growing your own mushrooms. We're going to have a handful of diverse musicians. We'll have a muralist painting uh, a community-oriented and uh, community-experienced mural. So people who are there are going to be able to participate and in leaving something that's going to last years at the community center. And we're also going to be building a couple cool things, like some aquaponics with some goldfish-based aquaponics system to keep some nice gardens going inside during the cold season, and worm composting bins with a raised bed as well. That's going to go with that.
1: And those are both offerings that we'll be leaving with the Wait House. So the idea is that we're going to create the, these systems to have food in, grown indoors. And then um, people who go there can see them. They can be inspired by them. They're, they're, anyone can make them.
2: Yeah, they're and pretty simple designs.
1: They're also um, going to provide some supplemental food for, for the kitchen because the Wait House has uh, food, like meals that they provide for people for free. And they have a um, food shelf as well.
0: And if anyone wants to stop by on Sunday, just stop by, no reservations, no ticket line. Yep, anytime. Anytime, just show up.
1: Yeah.
2: Show up. And um, we'll also have a couple of children's activities going on. Uh, We did have more scheduled, but a few things uh, went uh, away, surprisingly. But we do have two two kids' activities that will be going on there, including some kids' activity with some cool folks that work with mushrooms and Uh, foraging mushrooms, and they'll be doing a bit of educational thing and and game with the kids around mushrooms.
0: Cool. The theme for the day is food security and community activation.
2: Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So what does this word activation mean?
1: Well, that's something that we're hoping that will, well, I mean, there's already a lot of activation here in the Twin Cities, which is very inspiring. And so we're wanting to cultivate more of it and see if we can use this as a momentum to keep this movement going within our city and, and continue to, to gather and link up with each other so that we can we can create more uh, food security and community resilience.
2: Yeah, and, uh, and activation, I think community activation is the only thing that really has made this happen so far. Yeah. So <laughs> within a few weeks ago, we got a call from a few people working in the Action Network they said, "Hey, you know, rising Appalachians, come in your way. Is it gonna be cold though? Is it really worth doing anything there? What do you think?" And Lana's like, "Of course, yeah, let's do something. It'd be great. We just <laughs> did this aquaponics system, like a prototype, and we got other ideas. And yeah, let's do it." So, um, then within a matter of a few weeks, we ended up getting support from not only some friends, but we got support from. Habitat for Humanity, like probably easily like $500 or more worth of materials and got support from a local, oh the local brewery, um, not brewery, but...
1: Midwest Supplies. Yes. They do hydroponics and um, brew,
2: it's a brewery store. Brewing store, brewing supplies. So then they offered us a few hundred dollars worth of equipment for the aquaponics and then we got um, support from... People across the nation that are also talking on the phone with us and giving us ideas and coming to town and got support from uh, Goosey Hardware, a local hardware store. So it's just been all coming together synchronistically, and all the artists there, most all the artists there, and workshop um, leaders are all just volunteering their time. And as Alon and I, uh, with our company Green Guilds permaculture design and installation company, um, we're just, just donating our time and, and design to this as well. And we're all just really excited to offer this to the community and, and see this activation come to fruition here.
1: Yeah, we, um, we also are working with Good Space Murals. So they're a community mural program, was, as Joseph was mentioning. And so their passion is getting people involved. So they'll they'll project the mural and then people will draw on it um, paint on it, yeah. and so it's going to be pretty fun, and wow. so we're, we're wanting to really connect um, the food scene and the and the food solidarity mm. scene with, with art and just keep that connection going and hopefully continue to have events like this into this, the future. This is,
0: is so cool. Now, also joining us by the phone is the founder of the Permaculture Action Network, Ryan Rising. Good morning, and welcome hey, to Food Freedom y'all? Radio.
3: Good yeah, good morning.
0: I'm feeling kind of activated.
3: <laughs> good. Good.
0: so tell us about we'll the history see you on of Sunday. yeah, see you on sunday uh, I, I've got your Wikipedia in front of me, but tell us about the uh, h- history of the permaculture action network
3: sure, thank you yeah so we started this about four years ago and when we initiated, it, it wasn't going to be a organization that would keep going. We were just doing a single tour. We partnered with a music producer called the Polish ambassador along with hip hop MC mr. Liff and folk singer a Linario to do a thirty 32- two city tour where we were gonna invite everyone from each concert around the United States to a action day following the concert and so we were inviting people out to urban farms and community gardens and schools that were installing edible um, landscapes or low-income housing projects that were installing uh, edible landscaping and water catchment systems and things like this and we started having 200, 300, 400 people come to each of these permaculture action days Um, so not only was the you know, immediate effect of that, all the energy that got poured into those community projects and all the people that learned their skills there, but about a year later we were doing um, our first couple Permaculture Action Days following the tour, one with Envision Festival um, and another with Lucidity Festival. We started going into actually like the music festival scene to try to drive people from there to these things as well. And um, we threw, like, a three-day course before this action day that we were doing. And all these students were sitting around the table one day, and they were asking each other, you know, how would you first hear about permaculture? And one of them says, oh, I, you know, went to this concert, and I was invited to the permaculture action day, and now I uh, live at the Land Trust in Atlanta. And another person would say, oh, yeah, I came to this action day after going to the concert, and now I started a food justice organization with my friends back in wherever And someone else would say, "Yeah, now we like turn the empty lot across the street from me into a community garden." All these people we were realizing were getting catalyzed into the movement for the long haul. That's great uh, through these action days. So we decided to form an organization out of it and continue to partner with different uh, performing artists and touring musicians and music festivals to mobilize people to these days of direct action.
0: So Ryan, uh, how would the world look? How would our communities look if permaculture values and ethics were commonplace?
3: I think it would look a lot different, for sure. But the the idea with permaculture ethics and principles is really to mimic the way that the natural world works um, in certain ways that can meet the needs that we have as people, food, water, shelter, relationship, um, trust, right? So you can extend it beyond the ecological world and apply it to social design and the design of relationships between communities. And that includes things like economy and governance and all of this. But really it's to say, you know, how does nature, which has been working on this, you know, overall question for so long, how does it function? What are the different things that we can learn when we look to nature? And then we apply that to things like rainwater catchment systems and cycling water or natural building or growing food uh, using perennial polycultures where we're, you know, interplanting many plants that benefit one another. And we're planting plants that grow food um, each year. Uh, instead of having to till and replant and kind of, you know, take away the topsoil that process of agriculture. And there's just a plethora of ways that we apply this in alternative energy um, and in transportation and in all the ways that we, you know, get around and do what we do on a daily basis. And the idea is to move away from an extractive and exploitative relationship with the natural world and with one another and to move towards a relationship that's regenerative. And it's regenerative because it, actually heals the damage that's already been done. It increases biodiversity. It creates life-affirming systems. So we want to go beyond sustainable and actually create regenerative ways of living
1: on the Earth. Amen. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's Put on. that's the key. And also, like as Ryan was saying, you can apply that to social systems, whether it's an organization, a business, whatever it is, as long as you have this like triple bottom line of earth care, people care and fair share. These are the core ethics of permaculture. Mm-hmm. And so when you start to look at how successful is, is an organization or a business based on how does it treat its people, how does it treat the land and how does it uh, allocate resources, then that ends up being another another mechanism in which transforms the world because we're not just thinking about money, we're not just thinking about you know growth in terms of um, unsustainable aspects.
0: We're not treating each other as objects, but understanding the living nature that is that is that is our birthright.
1: Exactly, exactly, and so that's really what it's coming down to. And permaculture is also inspired by different tribal tribal people because we look at where it was actually sustainable in the you know the past and how do we get to something that's not exactly that but you know moving in that direction how do we find our own course towards wisdom now we're going to be listening to rising App- appalachia
0: music right now and uh, so we're gonna listen more you're listening to food freedom radio we are live
2: i'll show up at the table again and again and again
4: Looking to offer high-end, restaurant-quality food at your next event? Look no further than D'Amico Catering. Their talented team of event planners and chefs will collaborate to perfect a menu that best fits your needs. Whether emphasizing local cuisine or ethnic flavors, organic bites or summertime favorites, they're here to give you choices that align with your taste, budget, and style. Interested in learning more? Please visit D'AmicoCatering.com. That's D'AmicoCatering.com.
5: Be sure to pick up your copy of this month's Natural Awakenings magazine, a free local guide to a healthier and more balanced life. Each monthly issue includes timely, local, national, and global stories. Learn about alternative and complementary medicine, nutrition, fitness for body and mind, personal growth, sustainability, and much more. Natural Awakenings can be found at Area Health Food Store, food co-ops, and retail locations. More information is available at NaturalTwinCities.com. That's NaturalTwinCities.com.
6: I'm Connie Burek, co-host of Awakened Living Infusion Radio Show. Join Michelle, Kitzmiller, and I as we focus on all aspects of health, wellness, spirituality, and growth from a mind, body, spirit, emotion perspective. Join us next Saturday as we talk about the family. Family dynamics can bring some of the greatest joys on earth and at the same time can feel like walking through a minefield. Join us for the Awakened Living Infusion radio show, Saturdays at 10 a.m. Let us share with you ways to infuse vitality into life.
0: Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shamblott from Shamblott Family Dentistry.
3: where the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office.
2: And I'm Rachel Shamblott. Did you know a lot of people are afraid of the dentist? You don't need to be afraid of my dad. He makes going to the dentist comfortable and even fun.
3: We don't care if you're a dental regular or haven't seen a dentist in years. We just want to make you comfortable and get you out of pain.
2: If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIXMYTEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us.
6: Finding the best foods the Twin Cities has to offer is easy with eatlocalminnesota.com. Offering the top local and independently owned restaurants, eatlocalminnesota.com has everything from burger joints to cocktails and fine dining. It's Greek to Me has been a family owned Lynn Lake landmark since 1982. Under new ownership, the Janakis Karas family offers classically inspired modern Greek cuisine in a sublime space with gracious hospitality. Be sure to visit their charming bar and explore wines and specialty drinks from Greece. Find It's Greek to Me at 626 West Lake Street in Minneapolis or at It's Greek to Me Enjoy all the flavors of Milton's, where they specialize in dishes like grilled jerk chicken, shrimp and grits, and much more, all made from scratch. Pick from Milton's large selection of beer and wine and finish it off with desserts like Bananas Foster. Milton's also serves breakfast every day starting at 7.30 a.m.
0: Listening to Food Freedom Radio. We are live, time for your calls, 952 946 6205. In the background, you're listening to the music Rising Appalachia. So, this is the band behind uh, the Day of Action tomorrow. Yep. So, tell us about how this works. Or maybe Ryan, you want to tell us about how this works?
3: Yeah, sure. We've been partnering with Rising Appalachia for the last uh, couple years. Um, we've also partnered with bands like Beat Antique, and I talked about our partnership with the Polish ambassador and music producer earlier, um, that kind of launched this entire thing. Um, and then we always partner with musicians to come to the action days and play some music, but essentially we partner up with these touring artists and these bands, and we learn about the tour dates and the cities that they're going through, and then we make connections with the uh, people in the local community of those cities. and we organize these action days. So we're always looking for a project site that's accessible to the community. It's a commons of sort, right? It's not in that private sphere necessarily, or in that public kind of really, truly to speak of it, state kind of sphere, right? We look for these places that are in the commons. We look for places that are um, creating material things that actually, you know, benefit people's lives, whether that's food or medicine um, or access to water or building soil or whatever it might be. Um, and we always look to work in self-determination, like with the folks that are organizing these projects on the ground. Um, so to give an example of this, like yesterday, we just did our second permaculture action day in Chicago. Um, and we worked with a space called the breathing room. And the breathing room is a space in Chicago where, um, a number of black liberation activists who are finding themselves Uh, meeting with one another in the street in these responsive moments to police violence, deciding, you know, we need a space to build and grow. We need a space where we can uh, turn the empty lots next door into urban farms and grow food that we can cook and share with people with these free lunches and dinners that they offer there. They need a space where, you know, we can have a music production studio upstairs for youth to learn music production, where we can have a stage for open mics and performance art, where we can have organizing space and space for art. Uh, where we can have space to redistribute clothing and have a free store and these kind of things. So they built this space in uh, Englewood in the south side of Chicago. And yesterday we went there and we invited everybody from the concert that Rising Appalachia played in Chicago on Wednesday night to come out and to build a roadside farm stand uh, where the farmers there, mainly Steve, can offer and sell food right from the empty lot that's now a farm two folks in the neighborhood right from the side of where he's growing it. And the rooftop of that farm stand is going to be a rainwater catchment rooftop. And that's going to collect water that will then be used to irrigate those plants in the farm. We also built a number of cold frames for winter growing and hoop houses, like greenhouses made of you know plastic hoops um, for winter growing. And we built uh, tables on the inside for seeding and transplanting and potting. So we had all these people, a lot of whom had never really done this work before, come out and then we have skilled facilitators and all the tools and materials on site to lead each project and there's music and food throughout the day and there's workshops scheduled and people can kind of just engage as they want to. It's not like, oh, thanks for, you know, coming to volunteer. Here's your task and your t-shirt. You know, people come <laughs> and right from the moment they get there, they're introduced to how the space is laid out and what's going to happen. And then, you know, they're co-organizing it with us just like everybody else and there choosing what to engage with and who to build relationships with and what organizations to learn about and follow up with or what new hands-on skills to learn via what projects they're engaging with, et cetera. So So this is the call to freedom. We just go to these concerts. We flyer the concert. We talk about it on stage. We have these performing artists like Rising Appalachia put it out through their newsletters and social media and their tour posters for their concerts. We just try to let everybody know that there's this really clear invitation to come out and take action to build a better world together. And we're always astounded when we get 100, 200, 300, 400 people coming out the day after a concert to, you know, build a bunch of hands-on projects in the cold. We're um, to spend all day long engaging with workshops and education, relationship building in the
0: community. So, so that happened in Chicago uh, yesterday or the day before. And tomorrow in Minneapolis, what's going on?
1: Yeah, so tomorrow. Yeah,
3: so, um, oh. so this particular tour, I'll pass it over to Alana in a second. This tour is our solidarity tour um, with Rising Appalachian. So we started actually in Detroit, and that was this previous Saturday at a space called Spirit Farms. Um, and we had a benefit concert and a permaculture action day there. Um, freezing cold, and still hundreds of people came out. And then we did one in Chicago on Thursday, and again on Friday. On Thursday, we did a permaculture action day with iGrow. Um and this one coming up on Sunday is actually going to be our 88th permaculture action day across the country, I believe. Wow. And Alana knows so much more about what's happening locally and the importance of the weight house in the local movement here. So I'm just going to pass it to Alana to speak Thanks, more Ryan. specifically about Sunday.
1: Beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, so tomorrow we're going to be, like we mentioned earlier, building an aquaponic system. And um, we're doing a indoor worm bin that's got a garden above it. Um, and that intention of that is they've got this um, the free food that they give to the community, and so we want to take those food scraps and use them and to create soil, so that they're not wasted. White House does have a composting program with the city; they give the uh, food to the city, but um, to be able to have some of that resource because they don't have to—they don't have to buy soil for their gardens. They have a lot of like urban farming going on in their project there, and they have um, a lot of empowerment programs for people. So we're going to be having, we have a lot of workshops. There'll be everything from wood spoon carving, um, mushroom chandelier building, some different fermentations. Um, There'll be northern chicken system workshops around how to keep those chickens warm in the cold. Uh, Also permaculture using EMs, which is effective microorganisms. Uh, There'll be Nami's Farm, uh, which is an experience from an immigrant farmer here who's been farming for a while. She'll come and talk about that. There will be some kombucha making. We'll talk about the Upper Harbor and some of the elements that go into that um, project. And uh, then there will be musicians. We'll have kids' activities. It's going to be a pretty fun day. And the activities, I mean not the activities, the projects will be going all day until they're done. And the mural with good, uh, the good space mural muralist. So that we'll be working on those things throughout the day, and then the workshops will be going on hour by hour, mm-hmm. or every you know half hour depending on the workshop.
0: And this is Saturday morning; we're live, but we also do replace the, replay this oh. on Sunday. And okay. so no RSVPs are needed. Stop no. by whenever you can and yeah. see what draws you in. Yep. Yeah, we're and also and there'll be plenty of food.
2: Yeah, the that. community. Good. There'll be a uh, excellent chef by the name of Jason Bliss who will be preparing food <laughs> with the crew, and all the food's going to be. Our uh, organic food donated by Sisters Camelot, so really grateful for that as well.
1: And co-op partners also. There's another. Yeah. There's some local farmers who have donated some food for that. As and uh, the herbalists without borders will be there giving out er, uh, herbal tea throughout the day. Um overall it's going to be a fun event. We're going to get some some oh, like hands-on experience too. So if you don't know how to use power tools, that's okay. You still come out, play. There's somewhere there's a place for everyone. And that's what I love about these. When I first met Ryan, I was so inspired because I've gone to all these festivals and and concerts and thought, "Wow, if we could just take this energy of all these right. people and actually do something with it, then we could make a real change." And so it's it's pretty empowering and exciting. And I'm really grateful to be connected with the permaculture action network and it's good to reconnect with ryan and michael and joanna
2: yeah so glad that you're grateful all... to be connected with you. yeah <laughs> thanks for reaching out to us and, and really sparking this uh action thank you all i mean
3: we talk about this all the time when people ask us about our organizing methods and strategy and for us it really is all about the local organizers on the ground it's really the people in each of these communities that. Making so. these movements that we're a part of possible. We're right. just kind of like a catalyst, you know, we
0: catalyst. So we're we're gonna need to take a break. You're listening building. to Food Freedom yeah. Radio Live on AM
6: nine fifty.
4: In the process of planning your next event, consider D'Amico Catering. Their team brings extensive experience and knowledge to the table to ensure that your event runs smoothly. With over 20 years of event planning and culinary experience, D'Amico has established their reputation as the Twin Cities' premier caterer. They've been trusted to carry out numerous weddings, corporate functions, and nonprofit fundraisers. D'Amico has the right staff to ensure your event is perfectly executed every time. More at D'AmicoCatering.com.
6: At Burger Moe's, Mondays no longer need to be a drag. Dine on the beautiful patio for Burger Monday Madness every Monday after 4 p.m., where you can order any burger and fries off the menu for just $6. Not valid on Excel event evenings. Burger Moe's offers 20 fresh, never-frozen burger varieties, as well as delicious appetizers, soups, salads, and unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul, with plenty of free parking and online at BurgerMoes.com. Hi, this is Ken Hagland, host of the Minnesota Health and Wellness Show, inviting you to listen each Saturday from noon to one. We talk about your health and your life by covering topics including health care, elder care, end-of-life care, and caregiver support. On my next show, I will be talking with Heidi Simon from Minnesota Hospice about grief in the holidays and ways to cope with the loss of a loved one and also how to support those who have experienced a loss during this time of year. Please join us this Saturday from noon to one for the Minnesota Health and Wellness Show.
8: Being a dog is awesome, except when you really got to go, but you're stuck inside. That's why I had my human call the Urban Dog. Daily walks, field trips, play groups, one-on-one time, safe off-leash play, and pet sitting. I love being an Urban Dog.
6: The Urban Dog works with your schedule and can create a plan that fits your needs. The Urban Dog. Exercise,
2: explore, socialize. Let the journey begin. Call 651-231-6333. That's 651-231-6333. Woof, woof, woof.
5: There are lots of ways to stay comfortable in a Minnesota winter. Hot cocoa, warm socks, and Standard's Winter Comfort Sale, where you can save up to $2,090 on a brand new 96% energy-efficient furnace. There's also great deals on a variety of other furnaces and boilers. Don't wait. Unlike winter, these deals end November 30th. Learn more about Standard's Winter Comfort Sale at standardheatingdeals.com radio. Standard heating and air conditioning, comfort you deserve. With your AM950 weather, this is Eric Nelson. Today will be sunny with a high near 47. Tonight, rain is likely after 11 p.m. with lows around 29. Friday, a chance of snow, mostly cloudy with a high of 34 and a low around 27. EatLocalMinnesota.com's restaurant of the week is The Great Wall. The Great Wall restaurant has been providing a delicious mix of both Sichuan and Peking dishes since 1981. Check out their location just north of 50th and France in Edina.
0: food freedom radio we are live we can take your calls 952-946-6205 and we're talking about permaculture action day which is sunday november 18th from 10 to 3 at the White house which is 2323 11th avenue minneapolis just show up you don't need any rsvp there's free food the whole event's free and this was all organized like three
1: weeks ago yeah
0: so talk about this organizing strategy
1: it's kind of uh, so like nature, there's not always necessarily a plan. Things just kind of activate. And um, and so there was a call, like I said, from some folks at the Permaculture Action Network. They called out and they said, hey, we're doing this show. We don't know if we're going to be able to do an action day. We need, a, we need a, a a venue, a place, or not a venue, but a host site. And so I started calling around everyone I could think of that I knew was like a community project doing good works and the White House said, we'll do it. And so once we had the space, then it was a matter of getting all the rest of the pieces in place. And people really want to show up for this kind of thing because it's it's so inspiring and empowering. And so what happens is when you have when you've got like a, a space to be able to host these host people and ideas about what you can do to like create real actual um projects, you know, instead of just ideas and concepts, which is what's something we tend to do in our society a lot is think about things, talk about things. But when we actually get to do things together, then we create better bonds. And when we work together, we have stronger friendships in general. So,
2: Better environments, yeah, more more generative environments and empowering environments and experiences with each other in the realm of not just one person saying, hey, we should do that. Or like Permaculture Action Network just showing up and being like, hey, we're going to do this, everybody. And they're like, no, hey, what do you all want to do? We were here with this offering. We're here with this offering of our time, this offering of our, you know, promoting this at the at the show. And what do you all feel like you need right now? What would you like to do? And so it's a very collaborative um, effort that has had a lot of voices and minds and hearts and hands involved so far in getting this all together. And like I said before, it's been a community-based and totally volunteer-based. Um, Event so far, and that's really inspiring and a <clears throat> beautiful thing in uh some of these days that seem so dark around us sometimes it's well, a bit
0: and th- that's what we're seeing during <laughs> break I mean with the the fires and the tragedies and so much chaos mm. and all the facts <clears throat> about uh, animal extinction and um climate
1: change uh, almost age of dis yeah it right? can be it can be pretty intense and, pretty and heavy you can lose hope easily, so it's it's something that I feel like. We need more, more visionaries. We need people to say, no, I can imagine a future where we're actually are growing food. We're working together. We're actually collaborating on things in, like, in ways that it feels empowering to each other. And, and, and we can redesign all of, these, all of these systems. I mean, everything that we're doing now, we can redesign it to be generative. Mm-hmm.
2: Visionaries and doers.
1: Yeah, activists. Yes, doers and yeah. dreamers. Activators. So
2: dreamers, activators, and then maintainers. And celebrators, yeah. All those yeah, was, people working together. Same question. I was asked the same question yesterday. Actually, just someone you know asked. You know, with
3: everything going on in the political climate, and you know, with ecological catastrophe and all of this, like, how do you not? What do you suggest to people who are kind of falling into despair and are kind of losing hope? And I think the biggest suggestion is just to start somewhere and like really get out there and take action and just find a starting point. And I think that's why. We organized these, you know, it's all the local organizers from what I know from sharing story and at least I can speak for all of us in the Permaculture Action Network, you know, we didn't learn how to do this any other way than just getting out there and starting somewhere and, you know, we made a mistake and then we learned something and we went into the next thing and we built a new relationship and we learned a new framework for looking at things and then we, you know, checked ourselves when it came to something or learned a new skill and eventually we built up relationships and skill sets and networks and we started to be able to become more and more powerful together. So really my biggest suggestion when it comes to that stuff is just to you know get out there start somewhere take action and just go from there.
1: Yeah, and I yeah. think it's really important too because the principles of permaculture set up a framework for how to create designs and one of the principles is accept feedback and make changes. And so when you're able to do that then it takes the fear out because you can say I'm going to dive in, I'm going to do this project I'm going to go get a go all out on it. And yeah, you'll make mistakes. And then what happens is once you see the mistake, you say how could I've done that differently? And then you start to have more foresight because you're experiencing these things. Well, we were talking about, like,
0: some of this is moving out of the colonial mindset because the colonial mindset is you make a mistake, you're a loser, out
4: the door, off the ship you go, yeah, <laughs> you
0: know, right. or something like that. And uh, so, But let's talk about that decolonizing our minds and what that means.
1: Yeah. So one of my favorite quotes that I read was uh, it was talking about how the colonial mind, when it encounters something new, it thinks, what can I get out of this? Whereas the indigenous mind, when it it encounters something new, it thinks, "How can I build this relationship?" And so that's something. Just looking at your thoughts and looking at motivations, you know, especially for me, I've been since I've read that, I've been thinking, "Okay, when I come across something, is this? Am I activating my colonial and cultural and culturalization, or am I actually like being authentic?" And so I feel like with with permaculture, you know, being that we're all about observation, it's not really against anything. It's all about using things appropriately. So. When you're doing that, then you're actually able to start building relationships, as Ryan was talking about, with, with whether it's through you know, organizers and people or nature itself. As you're building more of a relationship, then you're able to see the needs of everything, not just your own needs. And that's how we create true harmony, is by cultivating an awareness of what's in the highest good for all, not just myself or my family. And so that's, I think that's a big right. part of decolonization.
0: Ryan, you mm-hmm. wanted to say of something?
3: Course. Yeah, there's, of course, this more practical, you know, um, piece to it as well, this praxis, which is to, you know, consistently acknowledge ancestry and be in solidarity with people that have had a history of displacement. And, you know, that's what motivated us, actually, when we start looking at Minneapolis for where to do this Action Day. And um, I will say it's out of character for us to have um, chosen a host site and then gotten something organized in three or four weeks a few months ago we were originally looking at the Little Earth Farm. Um, Little Earth is a indigenous, uh, low-income housing community here in Minneapolis. It's a low-income housing community that's specifically for indigenous people to find home in a world where, you know, they face so much displacement. And they have a farm adjacent to the housing community that, um, you know, learning and teaching um, indigenous methods for food growing and relating with the earth. Um, And it's growing food for the people of that community. They're growing it themselves. Um, And so we're going to do an action day with them. And, you know, after a good amount of conversation, just realizing the weather and the cold and kind of where the farm was at in its overall cycle of years and where it is in the current, you know, annual cycle of the seasons, just realizing that it wasn't the best fit for them. And again, that returns us right back to this essential organizing principle um, through which we do our work, which is to always work on the self determination of the people that we're partnering with. And so, if it's not the right time for them, it's not the right time for them. And if this particular project site wants to do these particular tasks, if they want to rebuild the pig house at the farm, then that's exactly what we're going to do. Um, so, you know, that's what we look for. We look for how can we one show up in solidarity with these spaces um, in local communities, and and two. How can we, as we were talking about earlier, create that really, really great starting point? That place where if someone shows up to this thing, more than likely they're going to uh, find that new skill that's going to empower them to uh, do what they want to do to create a better world. They're going to build that relationship that's going to lead them to that project that they've yet to ideate and put into action. Um, you know, they're going to they're link up with that organization. That's going to be that essential connection for really making a ripple. In um, the movement and this kind of thing, so we just try to create those, you know, wonderful starting points for people to to take their first step, or maybe you know their thirty seventh step, but whatever well, it is and, for them.
0: Um, the these
3: is really cultivate that.
0: The theme for the day is food security and community activation, and uh, because of the holiday weekend, I, I pre-recorded it. But next week, we're going to be talking to IATP about NAFTA, and one of the things they were talking about is in Mexico with a new. Um, elected officials coming in, there's a lot of wonderful things going on about food sovereignty. And so this is kind of a global movement, um, and even experts, like when I was at the Nobel Conference, they are saying that we want to get 20% of our food from our urban places. So this idea of food security and community activation, and how we all step up to that.
2: It's based on, uh, for me, when I think about it, I think about independence, independence, I think about decentralization and I think about a healthier yield of what you can get more locally. Um, So long as you're thoughtful about it and you are working together, um, there's a lot you can do locally all around uh, this country, Um, indoors and outdoors. There's so many different methods now to grow food. And even if it's just supplemental food, it's somewhere to start. You know, even if you're only growing things that you can light greens, you can put in your salad, little herbs and and salad greens grown in your window, that's somewhere to start. And it's actually easier sometimes to start that way um, because you can get a handle on things when you only have two or three pots, which is, um, you know, use small and slow solutions as one of the, you know, something that comes up a lot in permaculture its one of the principles is to start slow and small so you can get a good grip on things and then you can expand from there and um, once you have many people together growing something then you have an even more immense quantity of food and diversity of food that you can you know you can share and so if something uh... inherently with larger scale agriculture even organic agriculture when it's large-scale monoculture it's still still it's organic but it's all peanuts it's a whole field of just peanuts you know and they're still dependent on uh, outside resources to supplement that field you know so there's a whole package that comes with organic monoculture that's very similar excuse to you know conventional based monoculture, just different package, less chemicals, but you're still using tons of supplements that you're purchasing and bringing from outside sources. So there's a lot of room for, uh, there, there's room for diversity, well, diversity,
1: I'm but not maybe it's diversity. Non-abusive. I'm saying
2: there's uh, vulnerable, you're in a vulnerable situation mm-hmm. when all you have is one thing and you're paying a company to give you all the resources you need to grow that one thing so that you can sell that one thing, Uh, what's the cost of that? You know, is organic peanuts coming from California all the way across the nation to Florida or Minnesota? You know, what's the cost of that versus the cost of, you know, having something more local growing and a diverse crop growing that keeps it more less at risk because you and, have diversity.
1: And it's also important. One thing when we we moved to the tropics some years ago and, and in that move, we wanted to eat locally. And so our whole diet changed. And so I feel like when you also eat regionally to what works in your climate, what works with what you've got, then you're, instead of mm-hmm. saying, oh, I want to just eat bananas and, you know, oranges in Minnesota in the winter, like then – I mean, not that you just eat that. But, you know, it, it, it's like more unrealistic. So as we start creating these food systems, we also have to be realistic in what we can actually produce and what we can eat and, and sure. kind of recreate the diet around that. And that's where a lot of like, like you, that knowledge of the ancestors of, the, of this land – they they know what right. works and what doesn't work. And, and it's not going to be as diverse as what we're used to.
0: Right. But to be a regenerative, to go into the relationship with the land yes. is more healthy.
1: Yeah. And, and, to, and to understand the reasoning behind eating what you're eating, like because it's growing here.
2: And the stronger your relationship with your local land, I think that gives your local land more security, too.
1: Right. It all, it all
0: works together and uh, kind of builds on each other. So um, on Sunday, November 18th, there's a Permaculture Action Day at the Wade House, 2323 11th Avenue, Minneapolis, free. Show up whenever you want, 10 to 2, 10 to 6 at the White House. And we're talking about permaculture Action.
6: I've got my roots down, now.
8: This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. I've known Ryan, the owner at Snap Construction, for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trust's Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available.
4: Looking to offer high-end restaurant-quality food at your next event? Look no further than D'Amico Catering. Their talented team of event planners and chefs will collaborate to perfect a menu that best fits your needs. Whether emphasizing local cuisine or ethnic flavors, organic bites or summertime favorites, they're here to give you choices that align with your taste, budget, and style. Interested in learning more? Please visit D'AmicoCatering.com. That's D'AmicoCatering.com.
5: Be sure to pick up your copy of this month's Natural Awakenings Magazine, a free local guide to a healthier and more balanced life. Each monthly issue includes timely, local, national, and global stories. Learn about alternative and complementary medicine, nutrition, fitness for body and mind, personal growth, sustainability, and much more. Natural Awakenings can be found at Area Health Food Store, food co-ops, and retail locations. More information is available at NaturalTwinCities.com. That's NaturalTwinCities.com. The fine folks at Common Good Books will help you find the perfect book for you or the book lover in your life. Find a huge selection from a locally owned and independent bookseller in the Twin Cities. They are always bringing in top authors from around the globe for special in-store events. Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Sundays, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Find Common Good Books at 38 South Snelling Avenue in St. Paul or shop online at commongoodbooks.com. Down, down,
6: down, down.
0: Roots Down Deep. Um, so this music you're listening to is from Rising Appalachia, and they're going to be performing uh, Saturday night at the Fine Line. Tonight. And, and tonight. Um, and then um, there will be at the Permaculture Action Day, November 18th, at the Wade House. Um, that address is 2323 11th Avenue South. The Roots Down Deep. What does this mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, we have, we have roots that we need to cultivate down deep. I actually think this is a really great question for Ryan. <laughs> okay, Ryan, what does that mean, yeah. Roots Down Deep?
3: <laughs> to root down deep. Well, I think what it makes me think of the most is this need to uh, re-inhabit space that we all have collectively as human beings right now. Um, And, you know, you asked about food sovereignty earlier, and it's important to recognize some of these things. You know, that 70% of the U.S. population is living on less than 3% of the land mass right now, that there's major concentration of people in urban areas and this major displacement of people off the land. And we don't really live with the land as lana was speaking about earlier we kind of live in this extractive model where we take things from over here process them use them and throw them way over there and we're lacking that you know that that re-inhabiting of that inhabiting of space so there's this call to you know really re-inhabit space and part of that is to you know change things from how they are and to change the use Of land and to change who has access to land. And that's that essential piece of food sovereignty is people having agency over their food systems themselves. So it's not just about, you know, is the food healthy or is it organically grown? It's not just about, you know, um, the sustainability of it or is everyone at the end of the day getting access to some food. The question really is, you know, do people have agency over their food supply, um, the way it's grown, um, the culturally appropriate you know, food choices um, and uh, can they, you know, eat well um, of their own labor without, you know, having so much of that work extracted or without having to become subservient to some other form of exploitation in order to access that food.
2: Yeah, and if not of their own labor, of their own cooperation, you know, because not everybody wants to labor over growing food and that's totally fine. Because there's so many elements of the human lifestyle now, so many niches of labor now, that that's part of the people care element of permaculture and the social design that Ryan brought up with permaculture is like, okay, well, if not everybody wants to grow food or maybe there's not even enough space for everybody to be here growing food, uh, who wants to do this? Who wants to do that? Who can do this? Who can do that? Who's feeling most inspired and empowered to take on this and that? And who wants to just support? And so that's the cooperation that is very inherent in the permaculture culture that I've witnessed here for the past decade, uh, just across the board, across the world, anywhere I've seen permaculture that's very much a part of it, is a collaborative cooperation and integration of skills.
1: Yeah, and valuing the farmer and those growing food is really, really important. I mean, we lived in a little village, you know, like I said, in the tropics, in Latin America, Costa Rica specifically, and... There, I remember being in the classroom with the teacher talking to the students, and all their parents were farmers. And the teacher was saying, you know, you could actually have a better life than your parents, and you could actually make something of yourself. And, and it was so sad to me because here are these people who have a rich amount of resources and land and lifestyle, and, I mean, they're healthy. They grew their own food. And they're being told that that wasn't good well, enough. And
0: that's the objectification of ourselves. So you could make something of yourself rather than the living being. And I, I, would we treat our dogs like this? I mean, dog, <laughs> would you go make yourself something, all right? You
1: yeah. And, or, I mean, it be, it's kind of abusive. And it's something that we take for granted as a society of, of people who are – we just take for granted where our food comes from. We don't actually hardly even know. A lot of kids don't even know where it comes from. They think it comes from the supermarket. And there's just so much like um, – corruption in the way that it's it's grown even in the states where like you have immigrant you know pe- yes. people from from third world countries being brought in and saying hey you you grow this food or else you know I'm going to call Issei and have you ex- you know uh, not exported
0: I know there's a deported. lot of abuse. Supported. There's yeah, there's a lot of abuse in the food system, and uh, again, we're, we're at our last like four minutes. And I wanted to briefly, for someone who's not sure of what permaculture is and the principles of permaculture, mm. um, how would you describe them? Let's just go around and end the show with that. What is permaculture? And
3: yeah, this will this will help to remember. Also, if you if you need to find this information again about the address and what's going on in the day, you can go to permacultureaction.org. Um, it's on Facebook too. If you search, you know, the Minneapolis Permaculture Action Day, but help you remember that word. If you're hearing it for the first time, it's really a, a stringing together of the words permanent agriculture, or even more broadly, permanent culture. Right? So culture is how we um, live our lives in relationship with the earth, how we live our lives in relationship with one another, how we create what we need—not only, you know, food, housing, medicine, these kind of things, but also you know, art and music and relationship. It's how can we create a culture that's not permanent in the sense that it's static, but it's permanent in the sense that it can continue, and it can continue because it returns energy back to from where it came from, and it lives within those um, natural principles that we see working in the ecological world, these principles of relationship that all these other living beings share, and so that's where the permaculture principles come in, and so we start looking at natural systems and starting to say, okay, these principles are kind of... uh, a common denominator of how so many of these relationships function, how can we play off of those? Maybe I'll pass it to, to Alana to see if she wants to expand upon that at all.
1: Yeah, definitely. Thank you. And um, and again, what I mentioned earlier is that it's based, um, it's rooted in these three core ethics. Well, there's four, but the three core ethics of earth care, people care, and fair share. And then the fourth ethic is the transitional ethic, which um, we use things that may not be sustainable right now to get to a sustainable space. So um, that's, that's the foundation. And then from that, these principles we keep talking about come up, and that's observe and interact. So that's the key, right? You look and you watch and you see, and that way you're never just imposing your perspective onto others or, or you're on the land, And then you're, but you're like observing and you're seeing and, and you're being more passive, but also you're soaking it all up. And, um, and then after that, we've got the catch and, and store energy and so that's really important, too, because you can catch energy from all different places. We've, we've caught catch energy in the form of water off of a rooftop, or you can catch energy in the form of volunteers coming to give their work oh. and skill sets that they might have that they want to give you. And then obtaining a yield is also really crucial um, because within that, you know, you can have a forest that you're planting or you can plant a food forest that's going to provide either for you or for the environment around you, for your ecology um, then there's applying self-regulation and accepting the feedback, as I mentioned earlier, and that's super important because you can, you can make the same mistake over and over and not change. So it's, we have to be able to see our, our problems, our, our, where we mess up, and then make those adjustments. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also using and valuing renewable resources and services because renewable is regenerative, and we're, the aim is to create a generative culture. And the more generative we can be, the longer we can thrive, um, and then we're also not going to produce waste because nature doesn't produce waste. Right? No waste. It's, no, but it's always cycling that. My food is, you know, the stuff I'm not eating is going to be, you know, worm food or whatever. My body would become worm food. Um, and then we have uh, design from patterns to details. So we see the pattern of how things are, and then we work on the details of that. Um,
0: yeah, we're... Uh, We're slowing down to our last time, but let's let's finish these because integrate rather than segregate. Use (laughs) slow, small solutions. Use and value diversity, that importance of diversity, not a monoculture extractive, but a diverse system. uh, Using the edges and valuing the marginal and creative use of of responding to change. So Permaculture Action Day, November 18th, 10 to 6 at the White House, 2323 11th Avenue South. And this is Food Freedom Radio. Um, Next week, we're we'll going to be talking about NAFTA with IETP Later on, we'll be talking about some local, uh, we're talking with Larry Hill Meats about local meat. And uh, check you out at Permaculture Action Day. Um, also, uh,
2: Permacultureaction.org if you want to find out more information or check out the schedule.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you, Alina, uh, 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 Bliss, and Joseph Davis. And uh, thank you, Ryan Rising, for joining us um, with Permaculture Action Network.